You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Manchester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. Welcome to Audacious Church. I am so honored to be here and you know what a joy to be with you. You know, great churches like Audacious don't just drop from the sky. They happen because God places great leaders to raise them up. And how many know that you have amazing pastors here at Audacious Church? Can you give it up for them and their leadership? Pastor Glenn, Sophia, Paul, Zoe, the whole team, they are amazing. Amen. Amen. Well, it is a joy to be with you. And you know, we're in this series called Stronger Deeper. And I'm excited to continue that today. Now, before we do, I just uh, love to start with something funny. And I come from Southern California. And if you're ever out in L.A., come see us at Higher Vision Church. Right across the street from my office in the church is a place called Magic Mountain. And uh, it's a wonderful place to go with your family. But uh, I always like to start with something funny. And I heard a story about an atheist who was walking through the woods. And as he was walking through the forest began to look at the trees, and suddenly a bear comes out from the woods and starts to chase him. And as he's running, he's running, turns around and sees the bear, and he stumbles and he falls. And as he falls, the bear comes up over the top of him, raises its claw into the air, and suddenly, without realizing it, the atheist shouts out, God, save me! Suddenly, everything freezes, and he hears a voice from heaven that says, All of these years, you've denied that I exist. And now at the last moment, when you're about to die, you ask me to make you a Christian. Atheist thought for a minute and said, hmm, that's a good point, God. I tell you what, at least could you make the bear a Christian? (laughs) Suddenly, everything unfreezes. He kind of breathes a sigh of relief. The the bear brings its claw down, then puts it together and says, dear Lord, bless this food that I'm about to receive. (laughs) In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Isn't it great to laugh in church? David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, and I'm glad to be here with you today. And uh, I'm excited because I want to share some things. You know, you've been learning about how we go stronger and deeper. And you've learned about prayer, right? You've learned about worship learned about how that giving and tithing is part of that journey. Last week, you learned we need to read the book. Well, this week, I want to talk to you on the theme, faith. And as we talk about faith, I've entitled it actually, Expect, because one definition for faith is expectation. Here's the question. What do you expect in the year 2023? Some people are expecting the other shoe to drop, right? We just went through a difficult season in our world with the pandemic, Some people are waiting for that, but I got to tell you something. I'm not expecting the other shoe to drop because, you know, here's the reality. We need faith. We need expectation because the Bible says in Hebrews 11, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So I got to tell you something. I'm not expecting bad things to happen, but here's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting what the scripture says. I am confident in this that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How many are expecting God to do something great in 2023? So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take some time and we're gonna use the father of faith, of expectation, and that's Abraham. 
And we're going to take a story in the scripture where God asked him to do a hard thing. Now, the Bible says that God spoke to him and said, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, and I want you to go sacrifice him on the mountain to me. This was a hard thing, and I know that's a difficult thing to even understand if you're a parent, and I'm not going to try to unpack all of that today. We might touch on it, but let me just say, if you're struggling with that question that God asked Abraham, how how, how about we do this? When you get to heaven, you can ask God about it, all right? Today, we're going to dive into the story, and I want to read something, and and, you know, today, we only have the people here, but we have people joining us online, online all around the world. Can we do this? Can we welcome all our church family that's joining us everywhere around the world? Welcome, Audacious. Would you do this wherever you are? Would you stand? I want to read a verse of Scripture, and I want to honor the reading of God's Word. It's found in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 and 2, and here's what the Scripture says. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, And go to the land of Moriah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about how we need to expect if we're going to grow deeper. All right? Now, here's what we're going to do. Again, I want to throw this out. I heard a story about two antennas that met on a roof. They fell in love and they got married. The wedding wasn't much, but the reception was amazing. (laughs) Amen. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Would you lift your hand like an antenna? And let's dial into heaven. The anointing is here. And the Bible says where the anointing is, it brings breakthrough. So Holy Spirit, right now, we tune our antenna, our spiritual antenna into heaven. And we say, download your truth, your life into us. Speak to us. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't walk away and say that was a funny joke or a great story. But we would walk away and say, I had an encounter with God. So we thank you for what you're going to teach us today, how we can grow deeper and stronger. Say this with me now. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to me in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, amen. You may be seated. All right. We're going to talk about faith, about expectation. I want to give you point number one, all right? If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Okay, here we go. Number one. If we're going to be people of faith... Expectation, number one, we need to expect there will be some tests. Expect that there will be some tests. Some of you, man, that doesn't, are saying in your heart, that, that doesn't sound like faith. No, faith expects that sometimes we're going to go through seasons of difficulty. The Bible says that God tested, we just read it a moment ago, he tested Abraham's faith. Now, here's the reality. When, when the test comes, we don't want to take the test. Anybody remember when you were in school and it was test day? You're like, I want to stay home. Mom, I feel sick today because we don't like to take the test. Abraham could have said, I'm not taking this test, God, but he chose to take the test. But here's the reality. Even though nobody likes the test, the flip side is nobody wants to buy a product that hasn't been tested. Listen, I want to know that if I'm getting in a car or an automobile that they've tested the brakes and they've tested the airbags, right? We need to know. And the reality is that Abraham passed the test. Let me, let me go to the end of the story for a second, and we'll come back and work our way through it. But I want you to see what happened because Abraham took the test. There are people right now in this room joining us online, and you're in the middle of a test 
And maybe you're trying to get out of the test. Maybe you don't want to take the test. But I want you to understand the power of faith when it comes to testing. The scripture says in Genesis 22 that Abraham took the test and it says this. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants. And then if you skip forward, it says this. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And then verse 18, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now, this is awesome because it's a message that God gave him, a promise that God gave him. But here's what's interesting. And I didn't realize it until I studied it. It was after he took the test that God gave him this blessing, which included extra blessing. Because never before had God said, and you're going to conquer the gates of your cities. In other words, it was another level of blessing because let me tell you this way. The next level blessing just might be on the other side of your testing. Could it be that God wants to take us from glory to glory and strength to strength, but the only way for you and I to get to a higher level is that we have to be willing to go through the test. To get to the test or to the blessing, you have to go through the testing. Kind of like... Made, made me think of this. You know, in, in the States, we have caterpillars. You know, the little creatures that go along the ground with all the legs. And, you know, it's interesting. In science, they did a study and they discovered, you may not know this, that every caterpillar sings the same song. If you listen really closely and bend down, here's what you'll hear them singing. I believe I can fly. Because we know that a caterpillar has to get into a cocoon, and then when it's in the cocoon, it has to work its way out of the cocoon. And here's the thing. If it gets through the cocoon too soon, it's not able to fly because it doesn't have the strength in its wings. So in other words, to get to it, it has to go through it. And I just want to point out, in your journey of faith, it could be that God is not testing you to torture you. He's testing, testing you to teach you how to get to the next level. It's time for us to get off the ground and start to fly into promises and blessings that God has for us. But in order to do that, you just might have to go through a test. Because here's the point. With Abraham, you see there was another level. He was a father but he wasn't called to be a father. He was called to be the father of the faith, the father of many nations. And how many know you can't be the father of many nations if you can't even be the father of one son? So God took him through the test because he wanted to give him the blessing. I'll never forget, there was a family in our church who really exemplify this in a, in a practical way. They uh, happened to come over. I was giving some furniture away to, a, to some friends, and they had a truck. And so they came by, and they're there picking up the truck in the garage, and they're, they're picking up the, the sofas and everything, putting it in their truck. And as we're, we're talking, they're like, Pastor, we've got to tell you our story and what God has done. And I'm like, man, what happened? And they said, God just blessed us in such an incredible way. They said, Pastor, this is what you don't know. We started coming to Higher Vision Church, and when we were in Higher Vision Church, um, it wasn't long until... We suddenly lost everything and were homeless, and we were sleeping in our car, our whole family. And they said, what's crazy is you started teaching on tithing. And as you begin to teach on tithing, here we've lost everything because my husband had lost his job, and we didn't even have a place to live. We were taking showers in friends' homes, sleeping in the car. It was freezing. 
But you know what? You begin to teach on tithing. And so as you begin to teach on tithing, we said, you know what? If this is what God's word says, even though we're homeless, that doesn't disqualify us from the godly principle. So, Pastor, we started tithing while we were homeless in our car. And, of course, you know, I'm like, man, I didn't even know what was going on. They're like, yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the good news. We started tithing, and God started blessing. My husband got a better job. I got a better job. And here's what you need to know, Pastor. With terrible credit and no down payment and, and you know, no resources, we just closed escrow on a brand new house that we just moved into, and we didn't even have to come up with a deposit or a down payment because the blessing just might be on the other side of your testing. Come on, y'all with me? Say amen. Come on, good word, Pastor Jared. I'm with you. Amen. I don't like tests, but amen. I'm, I'm going to learn. Expect there will be tests. That's part of faith. I want to read to you another passage. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to continue on. It says that God spoke to him and said, Sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early, set out for the place God had told him, and on the third day, everybody say the third day. day. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Here's the second point. Number one, if we're going to be people of faith and grow deeper, stronger, we've got to expect that there will be tests. And number two, we need to expect silence during the test. As I was meditating on this passage, I began to think, God, why is it that you sent him to go sacrifice his son and you're going to show him the mountain when he got there and then you went quiet for three days. He didn't stop. I don't, about, I don't know about you, but if someone was sending me somewhere and I didn't know for sure where I was going and then suddenly they quit talking to me on the journey, I would probably stop and say, I'm not taking another step. I'm not driving another mile until you tell me where I'm going. And yet God went quiet. I begin to think about it and I begin to think about school and maybe, maybe this is the principle. Maybe it's silent right now for you because maybe God's spoken to you about some things and now he's gone quiet. But here's the reality. I know it might sound simple, but it's kind of profound and that is this. The teacher never talks in the middle of the test. In fact, if the teacher talks in the middle of the test, maybe it's not a real test. Maybe it's a practice test. You see, we want to stop in the middle of our test. But here's the reality. Abraham, I think this this story is here showing us this principle. Because Abraham knew you don't stop in the middle of the test. You know why he knew that? Because his father, whose name was Terah, he had been called by God to leave where he was to go to Ur the Chaldeans, to go to a place that he'd never been because God had a promise for him. But if you read the story, here's what happens. On the way, now remember, Abraham's in the family. He's going with his dad and they take off. And then the Bible says they stop in a town in the middle called Haran. Now, when we read that, we just kind of read it and move on. But here's what you might not know about this story with Abraham and his father, Terah. Did you know that Abraham's brother died? So Terah, his, Terah, his, his son, pass, passes away. And guess what his son's name was? Haran. 
And as I began to meditate on that, here's what I realized is that this man who was called on a test to get to a promise ended up stopping in the middle of his test at the place of his pain. Because here's what happens when you and I are in the middle of a test and then suddenly it seems like God is quiet and we can't hear him anymore. We don't hear all the the love and the joy and the pat on the back anymore. And we're not seeing all the promises anymore. Suddenly we start looking at our pain. We start looking at our trials. We start looking at our weaknesses. We start looking at what, uh, what we thought would happen that didn't happen. And the next thing you know, we stop in the middle of the test. Listen, can I just say this? Don't stop walking because God isn't talking. You know what's interesting? You know the word Terah? You know what it means? His dad's name literally means delay. And how many people are stuck now in Haran in a place of pain and brokenness and you haven't stepped into the greater things that God has for you because you stopped walking because God stopped talking. But I want you to know something. I began to ask myself the question. I'm going to give you what what the Lord said to me. I said, God, why is it that you didn't talk to him for three days? Why is it that it even took three days to get there? Why didn't you just send him up the closest hill to his tent? That would have been a lot easier. But here's the reality. Here's why I believe it took three days. Here's why I believe God quit talking. Because just like it was going to take three days for Abraham to get to Mount Moriah... There was a ram that God was going to provide that just happened to be three ways, three days away from Moriah. So the, the whole time, while Abraham is taking a step closer and closer to his Mount Moriah, God is working behind the scenes, sending a ram one step at a time closer to that moment of meeting. Listen. Just because God isn't talking doesn't mean that God isn't working. So what do we do in the season while we're waiting for the promise and God has gone silent? Keep on walking, keep on serving, keep on giving, keep on tithing, keep on sharing, keep on praying, keep on reading the book, keep on uh, fasting, keep on calling on God because every step you take You're one step closer. In fact, what does the scripture say in Galatians? It says, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Now, I'll say one more thing on this topic because you've got to expect a test. And sometimes you have to expect silence in the test. This idea of persistence, keeping on walking when God isn't talking it's interesting, there's a, there's a passage, I just happened to preach on this, we're in a series we finished called Rise, where God wants us, though a righteous man falls seven times, he will, he will get back up. It's interesting, as we were on that focus, I went to a passage on prayer, where Jesus taught them, he said, hey, I want to teach you how to pray and not give up. He tells about a persistent widow who had been asked for justice, she didn't get justice because it was an evil judge. But she kept coming back, and she kept coming back. And eventually, he gives her justice, not because she deserves it or because he wants to. It's because she's so persistent. He's like, she's never going to leave me alone. And then then Jesus says this at the end. He says, and if God will give justice, or if this judge will give justice to, you know, through an unjust judge, how much more will God give justice or answer those who love him, or sons and daughters who call upon him. And then it says this at the end of the story. He said, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. And then I read something I've never seen before. 
But when the Son of Man returns, how many will find how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Here's what, here's what that says. You want to know who people who, who are the people that have real faith? They're the people that keep on walking when God isn't talking. Come on, you're still with me. Shout amen. Expect tests. Secondly, expect silence during the test. Now, I'll tell you one quick story as we, we end this point and move on to the next. I was uh, in the season, our church, we had moved into from a school into kind of a transitional facility that was in a strip mall where they had lots of little, little buildings and offices, and we were there. We had outgrown it, and we needed a new facility. And long story short, it looked like God had given us a miracle. We had this amazing facility. They were going to basically give us for the same price, triple the size as what we were paying right now. It was, it was a miracle. And so all the, the details were in place. I was excited about to share it with our church. And then I get a phone call, and the phone call was this, and that was that the deal had fallen through. And the reason the deal had fallen through is that the owner, who they were selling the property for a discounted price, had come back and paid cash and bought it back himself from the bank, which was just really unethical, but he'd pulled it off and done it. And so the deal was dead. And so the man who was the developer that worked with me said, Jared, I don't know what to tell you. I can't get you into the building anymore. We can't do the deal. He hung up the phone, and when he hung up the phone, something in my spirit said, that building is ours. So you know what we did? We started walking. Even though God wasn't talking because the deal was dead, I took a group of people, we went and we laid hands on the building. We started, we walked around that building seven times. It's a big building, so it was a, it was a long journey. We began to pray and we began to pray and you know what, even though the businessman had given up and it was over, something in our spirit said, wait a minute, just because it doesn't look like it's gonna happen, just because God's gone quiet doesn't mean that God might not be working. So we started praying, we started praying, we didn't give up. Two months later, the phone rang. I picked it up and I said, hello, and it was our developer, and he said, hey, Jared, listen, I, I don't know what to tell you, but it's like a miracle because they just called me and they want to do the deal again. And I'm like, what happened? And long story short is that God put that owner in a position where he had to have us come and buy the building. My point is, is that it was a miracle we moved in, now we've been there, it's, God's done incredible things. The point is, is the whole time when it looked like it was over and nothing was happening, there was a ram walking up the other side of the mountain. And if you're here and you've given up and you're tired, remember something? There is a ram walking up the other side of your mountain. God has not stopped working for you. Somebody shout amen. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Expect tests. Expect silence in the test. Here's the next one. I want to read to you a passage first. Genesis 22, verse 5 and 6 says this. So stay here. Now what had happened is he got to the mountain. God said, this is your mountain. When he gets to the bottom of the mountain, you have Abraham there. You have his son Isaac. You have um, some animals like a donkey and you have a couple servants. And Abraham basically takes the wood and gives it to his son. He grabs the fire. And he said, you guys stay here. We're going up the mountain. And so him and his son go up. It says this, stay here with the donkey. Abraham told the servants, the boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. I'm going to give you the the next point. You ready? Point number three? Expect you will leave some behind. 
I began to think about it. Why did he leave the servants behind? I mean, he brought the servants to help the whole way. And then when he got close to the promise, he said, you guys stay here and we're going to go on up. Now, I think one logical reason is that these were men that were family, right? And when he got to the top of the mountain and was going to have to potentially sacrifice his son, they probably would have tried to stop him. So he left them behind. Because let me just say, there are places God has called you to that he hasn't called other people to. And can I tell you something? That Abraham had learned the principle of having the right people on the journey with you. Sometimes you have to leave some people behind. Let me tell you why he understood that. Because, you see, he'd already learned the story. When he was called by God to leave, I want you to see what happened. The Bible says that God spoke to him and said, I want you to go to a place that I will show you, and I'm gonna give you an inheritance. He said, now leave all your family Leave everyone, in fact, it says in Genesis 12, 1, leave your relatives and your father's family and go to the land. But here's the problem, Lot didn't do it. I'm sorry, Abraham didn't do it. He, he brought Lot, his nephew, with him. It's interesting because Lot came with him. And here, here's what's interesting about the story that a lot of people don't realize, is that once they left, along the journey, there was all kinds of complications. In fact, there was a time when he literally had to split up his inheritance because there wasn't enough room for Lot's workers and his workers. So let me just throw this in. He gave up part of God's promise because he brought the wrong person with him. Now here's the interesting thing. You may have never read this, but you know, Lot, his name in the Hebrew means covering, but it comes from a root word in the, of the Hebrew which means um, to basically wrap up. And so what happens is Abraham ends up getting wrapped up in things that caused him to miss out on the promise and the blessing that God had for his life. And if you read the story, God speaks to him and says, go to another land, I will show you. And then God never says another thing to him. Read it. Until Lot moves on and takes Sodom and Gomorrah and he goes the other way. In fact, let me just say it this way. Maybe God's not talking because you're in a test. Maybe he's talking because you've got the wrong voices in your ear. Maybe we've brought the wrong people on the journey. Now, let me just pause for a second. I'm not saying you need to leave the service and start unfriending and blocking people. And <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is who has influence in your life? Who have you allowed to come along on the journey that may be distracting or pulling you to the right or, or, or pulling you to the left? I'm here to tell you that we need the right people in our lives. That's why the Bible says in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, blessed, happy, prosperous is the man who walks not in the ungodly, with the ungodly, or stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. You realize that if you read that, it goes from walking to standing to sitting. How many people are sitting rather than walking towards their blessing because they've got the wrong people in their life? But verse 2 says, um, he is like a tree planted by rivers of water and they will prosper. In other words, when you get the right people in your life, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be prosperous. We need the right voices in our heart. That's why we fast. That's why we pray. So we can tune out the voices of this world. Now, don't forget, when we were planting Higher Vision Church, God had called us to leave. I was, at the time, was a worship pastor for a man by the name of Glenn Berteau, and I was in Modesto, California, serving there. 
And then the Lord said, go and plant a church in Southern California, in Valencia. And it was literally like an Abraham moment. We had to leave everything. We didn't have any family. We didn't have any friends. We didn't have any resources. We didn't have any facilities. It was parachute in and go after what God said. And um, as we were planning to go, there were some people that said, we want to be a part of this journey with you. And one of those families was awesome with kids. They worked in kids' ministry. And like, if you start a church, we'll be your kids' pastors. And so we're all excited. And, and then right before we were about to leave, they called and said, hey, you know what? It looks like we're not going to get to go. And I was devastated because I'm like, man, that was my children's ministry. You know, no, what are we going to do, God? Okay, God, you'll provide. And here's the crazy thing. We get down there. Things are going great. And then we get the news that this family was divorced. There had been affairs going on. I mean, it was a mess. Their family was a mess. Students and their kids had turned to other lifestyles. I mean, it was just all these things that happened. And I I often would reflect and think back, God, what would have happened? If you'd have brought them on the journey and we had started a church and then week one, all of that came out in the middle of our children's ministry. Aren't you glad sometimes God protects us from the wrong voices and the wrong things and the wrong people? Maybe there are some voice. maybe you're here today. Maybe you're joining us online because God wanted you to know, take a look and, and reflect on who is speaking into your life. Because sometimes in the journey of faith, We've got to leave some behind. If you're with me, shout amen. amen. All right, I'm going to give you the last point. You all still with me? Yes. So we expect tests. We expect silence during the tests. We expect to leave some people behind sometimes. And then the last one sounds very simple, but it's pretty powerful, and that is we need to also be people of faith who expect God will provide. It's interesting because as they walk up the mountain... Remember, God's sending a ram up the other side of the mountain. And when they get to the top of the mountain, he builds the altar. Then he has to tie up his son and lay him on top of the altar. And so that's what happens. He lays his son on the altar, takes the knife. Now, I know this is so hard to understand if you're a parent, that God would even ask this. He takes the knife and he literally raises it into the air. And as he's raising it in the air to sacrifice his son... The Bible says he sees a ram in the thicket. And then he takes the ram, takes his son off, sacrifices the ram, and then he declares this place is called the place Jehovah-Jireh, the place where my God provides. Now, God had never been known as the provider before this. And can I say, sometimes there are revelations and insights into who God is that you will never receive until you go through a test. God provided. Now, here's the thing. As I meditated on this passage and I began to study, here's what I discovered. Scholars believe, many scholars believe, that this mountain wasn't just any mountain. This happened to be the same mountain that another son walked up carrying a piece of wood. It was the same mountain that not only did this son walk up carrying a piece of wood called the cross, he climbed up on the wood, the sacrifice. You see, Jesus tells us in the book, did my voice just crack? Somebody say Jesus. Jesus tells us in the book of John that when Abraham looked, he didn't see the ram, he saw the lamb. Because Jesus said that he saw me. 
He saw me coming. Can I just pause for all of you that are struggling with this story that God would ask us to give our only child in sacrifice? Do you realize that God was simply showing you and I that you don't have to do what I'm willing to do? And that is that I'm willing to give my own son so that you don't have to because I'm the one who knows how to provide for your need. He knew 4,000 years later that when he provided, he wouldn't provide for one family, for one sin, for one sacrifice. He would provide for all families, for all sin, so that the world could be saved. Listen, faith is when you begin to understand that God is a God who not only does he provide, but he can do exceedingly, abundantly above what you could even ask, dream, or imagine. You're praying for your wayward child to come home. You're praying for that breakthrough in your business. You're praying for God to open up that new opportunity for you. Let me tell you something. If you'll be people of faith and expectation, you have no idea what God is setting up for you and for your future and for his kingdom. If you and I will just not give up in the middle of our test, God is someone who provides. Somebody shout amen. See, while, while we play checkers, God plays chess. My son and I was playing chess with him, and he was getting all excited because he'd take my rook, and he took my bishop, and he was like all excited. But inside, I was like, get ready, buddy. Because I knew checkmate was just around the corner. I'm sure Abraham was devastated. There goes my rook. There goes my castle. The devil was smiling, thinking, ah, that promise is gone. And all the while, God was saying, this is not a setback, this is a setup. Get ready, because checkmate is on the way. If you'll be people of faith who will not give up, who will not be weary in doing good, if you'll keep serving, if you'll keep giving, if you'll keep believing, if you'll keep praying, if you'll keep reading your word, if you'll keep, listen, I don't care if God's quiet just because he's not talking doesn't mean God isn't working. God has got a ram on the way. He's got promises on the way. He's got things that he wants to do in you and through you that won't just change you. It'll change the world. We serve a big and mighty God, and we can expect that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Close your eyes. Lift your hands right now. Holy Spirit, we just acknowledge you. We make room for you in this moment. We make room for you in this moment. I'm going to ask you to put your hands down for a minute. I want to ask a question. Maybe you're here and you've never received the provision that God has for you. See, here's the reality. We all need it. We all need that provision. I don't know about, about you, but if someone showed up and said, hey, I've got a check that'll pay off your house, I'd be like, hallelujah. Spelled J-A-R-E-D-M-I-N-G. Wouldn't it be a shame if I had a check to pay off your house and you walked out and didn't take it home with you, didn't cash it. It's amazing to me how at church people will come and they don't realize that God paid the ultimate price for you because we all have a debt. It's called sin. We're 
all have sinned. Listen, sin isn't about, the gospel isn't about pointing at someone to say shame on you. You know what the gospel is about? It's about shame off you. It's about the fact that our debt can be paid. Don't walk out missing the provision. Here's the provision. If you've sinned, God will forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you get an inheritance not only here on earth, but in heaven forever and ever. So I want you to close your eyes. If you're here and you've never been saved, you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, or maybe you have, but you've walked away and you're a prodigal and you need to come home. When I say three, I want you to lift your hands high and get ready to pray a prayer with me and you are gonna receive the provision of heaven. Are you ready? This is your moment. This is why God brought you those online. I want you right now, when I say three, if God's talking to you, raise your hand. One, you can be forgiven. Two, you can have the provision of heaven. You can spend eternity with God forever. Where are you right now? Three, lift your hands high right now. God wants to bless you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Anybody else? You say, yes, Pastor, you're talking to me. Thank you. Anyone else today? You say, yes, Pastor Jared, you're talking to me. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you. I see your hand. Can put your hands down. God sees you. Those online, God sees you right where you are. And I want everyone to pray this prayer with me, will you? In fact, I'm going to ask you as you pray this, Christian people that know Jesus, we've prayed this prayer so many times. Can you pray it with a different understanding? Think about Abraham. Think about what God did to provide for you. He did what you don't have to do. He did what he never expected you to do. He gave his goodness. When we pray the prayer, everyone say this. Say, Jesus, I acknowledge I've made mistakes, I've sinned, and I need a savior. You died for me, you rose again, so I put my faith in you as a son of God, as a savior of the world, and the provider for my life and my future. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand for those who made that decision today? Now I want to do something. I want everyone to stand to their feet. I want you to lift your hands towards heaven because there's some people that are walking through a season of testing. And the enemy has been at you. He's been, the only voice that you've heard hasn't been God's voice. It's been the enemy telling you that you're not going to make it, telling you that things can't change, telling you that it's never going to be different. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible says we can take, we have weapons to take every thought captive that God has given us. And God is going to bring you through your test. He's going to bring you to your promise. As you lift your hands, come on, the Bible says lift your hands in the sanctuary. I want to declare right now, Father, for those who have wanted to give up, I pray release a new measure of faith. Lord, that they're going to keep walking. That they're not going to give up in the midst of the season. They're not going to be weary in doing good. But you're going to renew them. You're going to strengthen them right now in the name of Jesus. God, I also thank you, Lord. There's some people right now that are realizing there's some voices, Lord, that have been speaking the wrong things into their lives. And I thank you that you're going to give them the wisdom, Lord, to silence those voices and leave that behind. And instead, your voice is going to speak boldly and loudly into their home, into their marriage, into their business, into their calling in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that you are releasing provision from heaven, that rams are on the way, God, that promises are on the way, that we can expect that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Come on, lift your hands and just take a moment begin to worship and say, God, I thank you. I thank you. Come on, sing this in worship. Thank you for listening to this audacious podcast. 
For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online, every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. 